welcome to the weekly review. This is Roman. That was Grand Funk Railroad. <sighs> With people, let's stop the war. Big thanks to J.D. Buell for recommending that song. And you can listen to J.D. Buell every Friday here at Mutiny Radio from 10 to noon with morning train hope everyone's having a, a relatively okay week oh uh so let's see this country let's see where there's more bombs being dropped that's one thing that's happening there are cemeteries that have been destroyed there are two judges there's a judge in new york city and a judge in chicago both are black judges who have been killed this is what's happening right now uh in this this country here these are actions that are happening and trigger warning this is what's ha- this is what's happening and this is part of what's being reported there's also concentration camps for gay people in chechnya <sighs> believe it or not i was in a good mood this morning and then uh relatively good mood you know being grateful for the things that that are solid and are good and then received comparatively you know the, the just uh well, it's, it goes along the lines of bureaucracy and with regards to healthcare and uh, getting one's basic needs met. I received two letters in the mail this morning. I know I try not to talk about personal things too much on the show, um, but bureaucracy and these two from different institutions, these two pieces of mail really pissed me off this morning. And I received them about 15, 20 minutes before I getting to the station. So that's kind of where I'm coming from and recognizing that it's minor compared to what a lot of people in the world are going through, what a lot of people in the country are going through. And it's it's all connected, though. It's people in positions of power who are greedy and who don't care, to be honest. If everyone had their basic needs met, there would be no one starting wars. People wouldn't be murdered. People wouldn't be tortured. And instead, this is the world that we live in. So I was hoping to bring in to to go over the news to talk about what's happening and with a perspective of there's also some positive things there's resistance that's happening there's organizing that's happening people are coming together people are getting organized people are speaking up that is happening folks were in trump tower yesterday uh, for a pro-immigration protest some people were arrested so people are standing up and people are speaking out and that's positive and then at the same time it seems like it's an ongoing avalanche of things that are problematic so how do we get past that and how do we deal with even if we can't get our basic needs met how do we how do we fight and i guess that's been a part of it all along is that many more people would speak up if we didn't have to rely on following certain rules to survive whether that's by you know using certain jobs or the bureaucracy the paperwork how often does that ruin people's lives and it's incredibly frustrating. And I get that the whole thing is that there's not really any rules. I mean, who's to say what the rules are? And then even if you do follow the rules, you still get fucked. Not to be too pessimistic. I'm actually, overall, I was in a good mood today before hearing about this, this stuff. A lot of it's uh, healthcare related, or lack of healthcare, I should say. And miscommunication, perhaps. And it's the, the psychological effects of it, too. It's getting a, a bill in the mail for some health services that it, it's... How, it's the it's not even the how am I going to take care of this it's the it's it's a psychological thing I think also as a trans person there's that added when it's trans related care that is that should be covered and it's not covered or supposed to be covered and for some reason it's not being covered then it's this whole other level 
it's and I get that the medical community will use or maybe health insurance companies that they'll use any reason not to cover someone. And so why not use transphobia in it? If it's something that other people use and cis people use, why not use transphobia? If you can make a few extra fucking bucks off people who are already struggling, go for it. So I'm pretty angry. I'm angry that there's a fucking, the biggest non-nuclear bomb was dropped on Afghanistan. When it comes down to it, uh, the, my frustration is incredibly minor. Mine's minor. It's, Oh, who knows how I'll resolve it. And, uh, I have the chance to work to resolve it. And people who are murdered by bombs don't have a chance to resolve anything. And perhaps that's where that real anger is coming from. It's not just this (sighs) bullshit that we, a lot of us have experienced in our lives dealing with the bureaucracy and the, (sighs) the psychological, it's a, it's really a psychological warfare. I feel this idea that, uh, pushing people around and if you don't have uh, capital that you know if you have capital then you have a lot fewer worries and i get that there's that idea that folks with <sighs> folks with uh there's a a level where after a certain point it doesn't make you happier if you have your basic needs met then there's a big difference between how happy you are and uh, after a certain point though it doesn't make any sense so if you're totally wealthy you know that's great i'm getting a call right now it's on my my, my cell phone it's from the I don't want to do that on the air, though. I feel like that would be... (laughs) Don't need to get too angry about that. So we'll take care of that in a few hours. Defense experts warned that the Moab was an indiscriminate terror weapon. And this came out on April 13th, which was yesterday. And that's from uh, theweek.com. On Thursday, the United States dropped a 21,000-pound bomb on Afghanistan in an attempt to disrupt Islamic State fighters, while the bomb nicknamed the mother of all bombs, which is a fucking disgrace to all mothers out there, or, oh, I see, that's what Moab stands for, or the Moab, has been around since at least 2003. Thursday marked the first time it has ever been used in combat. One of the major questions about the 45's administration's use of the Moab is why former presidents Barack Obama or George W. Bush never used the weapon in their respective conflicts and wars. What a fucking legacy of wars, right? This country, every, there's like nonstop wars. Uh, Why they never used the weapon in their respective conflicts and wars, even though it was available. A 2003 article about the Moab tests reveals it was never thought to be a realistic option. Military analysis in the U.S. say that because the 21,000-pound massive ordnance airburst or MOAB is so huge, it can be dropped only from a military cargo plane that flies slowly and at relatively low altitudes, making the plane vulnerable to anti-aircraft weapons, and because the bomb causes devastation across such a broad swath, it is unlikely to be used against anything but a large concentration of entrenched enemy troops just the kind of target likely to be armed with anti-aircraft weapons. It's really quite improbable that it would be used, said Lauren Thompson, a military analyst at the Lexington Institute, a defense think tank in Arlington, Virginia. The Pentagon is committed to avoiding large concentrations of civilians, and it is committed to avoiding putting its pilots and its planes at unnecessary risk. The only real use for this kind of indiscriminate terror weapon is to scare the bejesus out of Saddam Hussein. Okay. The Moab shares the same acronym as Hussein's memorable threat in 1990 that he would wage the mother of all battles against U.S. troops. Okay, why using the word mother in all of this? It's just fucking men. Seriously. It's the misogyny. You know, they go around killing women, 
passing laws against women's bodies. 45 recently signed something that would be preventing uh, Planned Parenthood from getting funding. And yet they, they like to use the, like, we got to protect the women and children. We got to use that defense. We have to name our bombs after women. Fuck you. I, ah, uh, I mean, I get that there's a lot of rage out there and I feel like there's also maybe not enough concentrated rage. And I get that one has to maybe keep themselves safe. I'm also just surprised that we haven't stopped this regime yet. I'm surprised. And I get that people have been doing certain things and there's some things we can or cannot talk about. I'm just surprised that it's been this long now. We're in April. The inauguration was in January. Folks put their bodies on the line to stop that inauguration. And it's it's in April and we're just seeing all these terrible things that are happening. The fact that they're still, I mean, it's, I feel like... Uh, a bit of a sellout for not doing more. This country is a bit of a sellout for not doing more, recognizing they're doing evil, they're doing cruel things, and not enough is being done to stop them because they're still doing it. And how much worse is it going to get? And we think about that. And we think about, oh, if we can go back in time, we would do X, Y, and Z. Well, what are we doing right now? What are we, what are we giving up? And I also ask that for folks with more privilege. What are you giving up? Not everyone is, has, is able to put their bodies on the line. Speaking of which, I'll go into the next... I don't know how this is going to sound. This whole, I am pretty furious right now with a lot, and it's good to let out one's anger. People walk around with masks on pretending that they're not angry, they don't have feelings. And uh, that's kind of also why we're in this place that we're in. Oh, things are okay. We're just living under constant stress and anger and terror. Maybe that's part of the problem. People not vocalizing their rage enough, and then... If we can't act on, if we don't vocalize our rage, how can we act on it? How can we admit that it's happening? We have to talk about it. That's one step. This Saturday at MLK Civic Center Park in Berkeley, there's going to be another round of some of the 45 supporters, uh, oath keepers apparently, racists, white supremacists, uh, folks coming into Berkeley and this idea of free speech. And they don't recognize that hate speech and free speech are not quite the same thing. When you threaten people's lives, uh, especially marginalized people who already have their lives threatened on a daily fucking basis, that's it's a bit different than voicing one's opinion. So a lot of them have taken Berkeley as this idea of, oh, it's this free speech place. Oh, it's the place where all the liberals are, even though a lot of folks can recognize that Berkeley is not necessarily all that. Maybe there is the history of it, and also what it's become is not necessarily, similarly to San Francisco, perhaps comparatively to other places in the country or in the world, there are some there's might be some safety for some people depending on what you look like and it's not completely accurate though there's there's still gentrification there's still colonization police are still murdering people in berkeley and in san francisco so i think that needs to be needs to be said yes there are some good things about it about the the city as it's as it is and then there's also these other things i've just mentioned abuses of power that happen and so it's not like, oh, everyone comes to the city and everyone's automatically safe. No, that's not true. Anyway, so they're coming back to Berkeley. They came in on March 4th and there was a, a scuffle. The police stayed by on the sidelines for the first few hours. People were hurt. People were injured. After some folks left, then the police began arresting people. I myself was shoved by a fucking police officer. I didn't do anything wrong. I was standing on the sidewalk. I did not obey when they barked at me to fucking get out of their way and uh, that resulted in me getting shoved. It was disgusting. The friends I was with were like, that was inappropriate, and they were shocked. They, and I was like, this is minor. And being viewed as someone on the more masculine end of the spectrum, on the white end of the spectrum, I recognize I have certain safety in this. So just imagine what they're doing to other people. 
anyway, so last month's March was, ugh. There was some confrontations. There was violence. People were defending themselves. The police ended up arresting some folks. They did arrest a white supremacist and then let him go without any charges. Some of the 45 supporters were upset with the police for not coming in sooner. And some folks even posted on the, the Berkeley PD Yelp page because there was a Yelp page or, for, or whatever. And they gave him like one star and they were asking for the police department to be defunded. And I thought that was so fascinating that someone, one who'd be maybe considered in the opposition was like also going for some of the same things that we're going for, which is the defunding of the murderous police departments. If you're not going to hold your officers accountable who murder people, then I mean, come on. So it was just fascinating. And I think that's part of what has to happen. People need to come together against the state to realize that a lot of the people in positions of power are harming people. And if we stop fighting amongst ourselves and can collaborate, if we're actually people actually looking out for each other, if we can do that, come find common ground, then that can work. The problem is that there are some folks who don't want others to survive. They don't want us to exist. That goes back to the story on Chechnya. Oh, yeah, I'll talk more about the Berkeley thing tomorrow. That's happening tomorrow. Uh, so in Chechnya, they, they've said, oh, gay people don't exist here, so this can't happen. It's real gaslighting, and it's horrible. People are being tortured. People are being murdered. And when I first heard the story, and we've known that in, in Russia for a while, there's a lot of anti-gay legislation. We've seen folks being attacked at Pride, and it, it's I, everyone responds differently. And when I read the, first, the, the story about it uh, maybe a week ago, a little less than a week ago, I didn't even know what to do. And I, I try to share as much as I can online. And then sometimes it's, there's this, I want it to not be true. And I get that one needs to, who knows what's being shared, how accurate it is based on the news stories. Also recognizing that the powers that be want us to be in war. They want us to be fighting each other. And so I'm just very critical of that as well. And then hearing about atrocities, there's that part of us that doesn't want it to believe it to be true. And then if it is true, then how do we, what can we do? So actually I'll get to that article because that feels somewhat uh, proactive. And as I, as I go there, I'll talk about the event that's happening tomorrow. It's happening again at MLK Park. The thing, this, the situation with this park though is that it's by the police station. So the police who are nearby, they have said, Berkeley said they were going to cancel their farmer's market. So it's like, fuck, can't even have fucking farmer's markets. What the fuck? Swearing a lot today. I usually swear. Today's ugh, one way of getting that that anger out there. And ugh. so, so folks are going to meet uh, earlier. They're going to meet around 10 a.m. And the idea is to have a defend the bay block party cookout, so folks can bring food and share. And the idea is for folks just to be in the park ahead of time. So when these folks not from Berkeley kind of come in to try to do their own nationalist uh, white pride bullshit. Uh, will be already be in the park. So we're encouraging folks to come out again, 10 a.m. tomorrow at uh, MLK Civic Center Park in Berkeley. And there's a Facebook invite as well with more information. You can check that out if you defend the Bay Block Party, and that's B-L-O-C Party. Uh, and that's put on by Strike Against Gender Bay Area. And so, yeah, we need more people, people power. The more people, the better. Invite your friends if you can't go, share the event, do what you can. There's a lot of ways to help speaking of helping this article came out and it's helpful Whew. here's how you can help stop chechnya's gay concentration camps and this is from out.com and this is written by hilton dresden and this came out on wednesday 
April 12th. More than 100 queer men have been rounded up in Russia, tortured and killed. More than 100 queer men have been rounded up this month in the Russian region of Chechnya and sent to gay concentration camps where many have been tortured and at least three killed, Huffington Post reports. Uh, Navaya Gazeto, uh, Gazeta, a Russian opposition news publication, first reported that men between the ages of 16 and 50 were being gathered and arrested in connection with their non-traditional sexual orientation or suspicion of such. The paper published the names of three murder victims and speculated many more had likely been murdered as well. Speaking to the New York Times, though, Chechnyan leader Ramzan Kadrov dismissed the claims and further denied that any gay people even exist within the region at all. You cannot arrest or repress people who just don't exist in the Republic, he said. If such people existed in Chechnya, law enforcement would not have to worry about them as their own relatives would have sent them to where they could never return. The sweep of arrest was prompted by a gay rights group, GayRussia.ru, applying for rights to celebrate a pride parade, rights which, unsurprisingly, were immediately denied and met with severe authoritative backlash. So what can be done to help this monstrous breach of human rights? GLAD President Sarah Kate Ellis called upon U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley to condemn the attacks in Chechnya and demand action to stop them. And Sarah Kate Ellis says, I'm calling on Nikki Haley to speak up against the reported... And they say LGBTQ concentration camps. This seems like it's more dedicated towards GBQ. I mean, I would imagine there may also be trans men there as well. Uh, Camps in Chechnya. And then there's a, so there's that retreat. So this has joined her by spreading her call on social media and contacting Haley directly with this form. And they have a link here on this form. Again, this is at out.com. A change.org petition created by Russian activist uh, Igor Yasin calls upon the prosecutor general of Russia to investigate the attacks immediately. So far, it has more than 31,000 signatures. Support the call to action by signing here. And they have a link. The human rights campaign is already calling, all right, already calling on Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who's a fucking asshole, but there he is, to condemn the attacks as well. (sighs) Amplify their call by sharing. Another petition with more than 65,000 signatures from Amnesty International is calling for an end to these atrocities, and they have a link as well. Email the Russian embassy to your country using this contact form. Uh, This email will put you in direct contact with the Russian LGBT network, and that's KAVKAZ, and that's K-A-V-K-A-Z, at LGBTnet.org. Use it to find out how you can do more to help get involved in your community by by finding out about local protests of the horrors that are currently happening in Chechnya. Do not stay silent. Activate. And they have a clip here, and uh, so that also might provide some more information. And um, so they have that as well. So you can check that out at out.com. Ugh. Ugh. There's so much to be fucking angry about. There's so much injustice. And uh, so, yeah, they have the the video here. And uh, it says, Human rights and LGBT activists continue reporting a crackdown on the gay community in Russia's Chechnya region with scores of people detained and possibly tortured. And also just the idea that gay people don't exist. It's so... It seems so outlandish and ridiculous, and also that's part of it with a lack of sex education and this idea of gaslighting. And it's similar with with trans, you know, trans folks here in the country, around the world. There's the idea that trans folks don't exist, and it's there's that similar idea of lack of visibility that somehow people don't exist, and therefore you can when you try to make someone invisible, that's unleashing a whole lot of other problems. Ugh, oh, fuck. 
I don't know if I did a trigger warning yet on the show. Trigger warning. It's a news program. We're at war all the time. We live under racial capitalism, patriarchy. Uh, guns are sometimes easier to get than abortion services. Um, being a kind and generous and authentic human being in this world is really fucking hard. And the powers that be don't want us to do that. And we have to go against, we have to kind of conform to their way of being just to survive. I think about that a lot with having locks on doors and locking things up, this idea of possessions and idea of safety and security and what a fallacy that is. And this idea that uh, our inclination is to distrust one another when it should be the opposite. And also when we think about locking people away and this idea of punishing people instead of rehabilitating people, and it seems that the natural inclination is to, to cause harm to hurt people instead of help people. And when oftentimes when people act out or lash out, it's because they're not getting their basic needs met. And then if we punish them, that's not going to help. How, who is that helping? It's not helping anyone. It's so, uh, I don't even want to say it's, it's like an old idea. Cause then, it, I mean, it's, that's to say that in ancient times that somehow people were on this idea of civilization. What does that even mean? It's really just power corrupting and this continuation of violence. And that's so, so problematic. Ugh. so I'm feeling pretty, pretty frustrated, pretty frustrated by a lot. Another bad news story. There'll be some good news stories. Don't worry. I don't know if you are worried, but I want to also just check in to say that there are some positive news stories. Bad news, also not necessarily surprising, but there's no charges for the SFPD officers who killed Amalcar Perez Lopez. There was uh, a big investigation here in San Francisco. The SFPD have murdered people. And this an article from the Examiner from today, no charges for SFPD officers who killed Amalcar Perez Lopez. Uh, and this was written by Jonah Owen Lamb. After an exhaustive, and this actually came out a couple of days ago on, the, on April 12th, after an exhaustive and highly scrutinized investigation, the San Francisco District Attorney's Office has decided not to charge two police officers who fatally shot a man in the back more than two years ago in a Mission District incident that some have called a blatant example of police brutality. District Attorney George Gascon made the call not to prosecute the officers who killed 20-year-old Amalcar Perez Lopez after long deliberation. Gascon has faced ongoing public pressure to charge the officers involved in the shooting on February 26, 2015. The decision, which would have been the first time Gascon chose to prosecute a police officer for shooting someone in San Francisco, came down to evidence, according to a report issued by the DA's office detailing the investigation. Based on the facts, circumstances, and applicable law in this matter, there is insufficient evidence to file any criminal charges against Officer Eric uh, Reboli and, or Officer Craig Tiff, reads the 25-page investigative findings released Wednesday. The report stressed that the majority of witnesses either saw or heard the officers identify themselves as police and that the officers were legally within their rights to defend the man Perez Lopez was allegedly threatening two key points of contention that critics of the shooting has had called into question. The Perez Lopez shooting is one in a series of high profile police killings that many activists have seen as a litmus test of how serious Gascon and his office are when it comes to holding police accountable when they kill people. The police killings of Mario Woods in December, 2015 followed months later of <sighs> 
Luis Gungora in the Mission District, and then Jessica Williams in the Bayview all remain open cases before the DA's office, which has the final say over whether any of the officers in these incidents face criminal charges. We cannot bring charges unless we believe, before we do so, that we believe a crime occurred, that the person we are charging committed the crime, and then, finally, that we have enough admissible evidence beyond a reasonable doubt to bring charges, Gascon said at a news conference Wednesday. The decision not to charge the officers was seen as another example of police getting away with morally indefensible actions, said Father Richard Smith, the vicar of St. John, the evangelist Episcopal Church in the mission. Uh, so there's more in the in the article. Folks can check that out in the Examiner. Uh, we're playing, having a bit of a music break, and then we'll be in with our couple, with a couple of our guests in a little bit. So please do stay tuned. Gonna lay down my sword and shield Live down by, by the riverside. Bombs and guns. Way down. 
Hello, and welcome back to the weekly review. That was Sweet Honey in the Rock with Study War No More, a theme of the show and of life. Let's stop with the wars. I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> so I'm happy to be joined here um, once again. Um, ah. <laughs> so, joined, yes, thank you, thank you. Um, joined by uh, Greta Gustava. Um, thank you. And Nina Shabal. Thank you. Am I pronouncing your names correctly? I'm sorry I didn't ask you. Oh, um, good enough for me. Chabal. Chabal. Oh, I'm so sorry. Chabal. Right. Nina Chabal. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us here again on the weekly review. So we had a good conversation last week, and there's of course a lot more to talk about when we talk about trans being. I guess trans being trans in the world. Being trans. Being trans in the world, trans. and yeah, <laughs> and not losing it. I was mentioning earlier today that um, just got a letter in the mail this morning on my way over. That was some. Um, lack of coverage of trans related care that was supposed to be covered so it kind of set me off a little bit right that's like common it's actually it's not um they they say it's an accident it's not an accident yep um the insurance companies are required to cover it but they're happy to do things like not send a memo out to their employees or their employees don't read the memo or mm-hmm. whatever but the information doesn't get disseminated and so and this is happening all over the country. It's it's just a, a kind of a standard yeah. insurance company tactic. If they think they can not pay something, they won't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but and there's what like eight states where trans healthcare is legally covered. Uh, I don't. I don't Something know. Something like that. But in California, we're definitely in a state where yeah. cares. Oh yeah. And so the coverage in California, it, like really, they don't have any. Um, the W path is very clear. If your doctor says. You need it? Yes. You need it. Yes. Right? That's what the WPATH says. Yeah. Uh, it's It goes into more detail than that. But basically, it's up to your doctor what is appropriate trans care, because there's kind of a blanket. It goes through the different things that are covered, mm-hmm. and there's a blanket, and anything else that the doctor deems is necessary for this person's gender transition. Or, yeah. Um, and so, definitely, they don't have a leg to stand on, but the way that the um, process works is there's an appeals process. Yeah. And so I think the first two appeals are actually just investigated by the insurance company itself. Mm-hmm. So those are almost always uh, rejected. Yeah, like if they refuse care and you appeal and they're the ones investigating themselves, they're going to uh, refuse care again. It's a lot like the police story you're just talking yes, about. Yeah, they, yeah, they can't hold themselves accountable. Right, yep, the insurance exactly. company doesn't do a good job of holding themselves accountable either. But the third appeal... Yeah. I think it's the third. It could be the second, but I, I, think, I think it was the actually third. the third. The third appeal goes out to a WPATH doctor. Mm-hmm. And a WPATH doctor, you know, in, if you're asking for anything that seems like it should be covered by the WPATH, yeah. it's going to, there's only a, f- a few of these doctors doing this. So the, the you don't get a reasonable review until the third try. And the, the good news is that's a WPATH doctor. So. It's you know this is just some kind of institutional harassment. Yes. Yep. For, oh yeah. For being trans, yep. but you just have to make sure that we're getting the information out there. Yeah. You've got to appeal these things three times, because the first two. My understanding is that the first two appeals are actually just investigated by the insurance company and usually mm-hmm. come back with the same 
ruling as whatever yeah. started yeah, it. The so the third time it goes to somebody who can actually hold them accountable. And it, you know, yeah. and they rely on the fact that folks are way too busy to do this kind of shit. Yeah, to, and it's also it. like emotionally exhausting. I was thinking before, it's like the psychological. It's it's not even like just to to get a bill in the mail. For something that is supposed to be covered, which has happened right. a number of times, and that happens to everyone, tra- you know, transists regardless. Right. When it's something trans-specific, that's like that extra layer, layer and yeah. level of like, oh, so now you're charging me extra for being trans, pretty much. Oh yeah, exactly. It's the trans tax. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's just important that um, you know, of course, uh, lots of folks are very busy trying to change this about our system. Yeah. And this is an improvement from where it was yes. not that long ago, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So there has been progress, but it's important, like when engaging on your medical stuff, to remember you're just going to have to do. You're going to. They're going to reject it. Like you're just expecting it. Like mm-hmm. you, you've got to try to. Um, these things that we know that we're going to have to deal with, we've got to try to diffuse these for our own mental health, and yeah. and just say, okay, this is part of the process. And it's you know it's it's a soul sucking bureaucracy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so angry. (laughs) It does. It's so yeah, and it's like such a waste too of everyone's time and energy and emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think that there are ways to to prepare for that. Um, I would love to see us get more organized as a community around uh, helping each other out with this stuff. Maybe some form generators or form filling. Yeah. Web page. Yeah. (laughs) Web apps. We don't have time to do this, but if anybody's listening, (laughs) sure. A few extra. You know, absolutely. How about the medical appeal? You know, form generator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything that we can do to like just just try to um, help each other through these these experiences, and I, I think that there's a lots in flux right now. So mm-hmm. it's totally possible that the only reason you're getting this is that somebody at the insurance company thinks that they don't have to follow the rules now because of the, as my friend is calling it, the trumpeting. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so frustrating. It's like I yeah. was there was a whole like over a month and a half of just going back and forth with the insurance and the different and then I thought everything was fine. Right. And I'm like, "All right, great. I finally got this what I needed to get." Uh-huh. And then this morning I like, receive a bill in the mail and it's like, "How? No. Like, no. What is this?" Yeah, that's it's it's really you just have to be willing. I this is actually all this most of the stuff I'm telling you is stuff I learned from Danny Eskini, who's a, mm-hmm. a activist in um, Washington, Washington State, with Gender Justice League. She's the executive director of Gender Justice League. Mm-hmm. But she's got her story is about uh, getting you know fighting for healthcare in Washington. Yeah, she's showing up on people's offices. Like I yeah. can you know she tells people on the phone I can be there in ten minutes to discuss this with you. Like wow, just like this amazing That's so nice. Yeah, yeah, it's like just, so helpful. Yeah, but she's you know it's. You shouldn't have to do this stuff, but you can't think about whether right. you should have to. It's like you just have to. Right, right. And I feel like I feel like the stuff Gender Justice League has done in Washington around trans healthcare uh-huh. really kind of exposes a lot of the issues with the way insurance companies handle these things. Uh-huh. Like at one point they were like, "Oh, sure, we'll cover top surgery for trans men, but they don't need their nipples reattached." Fuck and yeah, yeah. Then, and then these folks, these folks basically. Uh, they started faxing, they having people fax in pictures of their nipples, saying, yeah. "Nope, we're checking, and everybody we're checking has nipples." They had nipples. a bunch of, I think, I think they had a bunch of cis men uh, fax in their uh, pictures of oh their my nipples. Gosh. It's like we're yet to find a man who doesn't have nipples. <laughs> they just like, no, we're gonna go check. We're gonna go check if this is true. So anyway, I, I just, uh, but I do seriously, like insurance companies are scum. 
Yeah, but those and the other point is that Gender Justice League sounds like they're like that name sounds like they're superheroes and they really pretty much are. Yeah. It's so <laughs> nice too just to have an advocate like sometimes like the emotional I think for, at, at, with most human beings on this planet yeah or in this country certainly even if you've had insurance you've come across some miscommunication or something and again like the psychological like sometimes I feel like I can't I'm so angry right now where it's mm-hmm. I've calmed down a little bit in the past half hour, 45 minutes since I received this. It's, I feel like I need, I do need an advocate or someone to like help me through it, help me communicate because I'm, the filter I'm operating through is so full of rage and it's like, that's not necessarily going to help. Yeah, and I I think it's, absolutely, and I I think that it's, you know, it's so difficult, like it's, righteous anger is something that that actually feels pretty good, Mm -hmm. but from a coping strategy standpoint over the long term, you know it's going to come up. Yep. You got to find a way to to process that without like doing this to yourself, right? Yeah, because yeah. Cause we got to, there's going to be, um, we're in for a bumpy ride. Mm. And yeah. And I want everybody that's here now to be uh, there with me to get out on the other side of this and say, yes, we did it. Yeah. It's over. We, you know, we conquered fascism in our in our country, right? Like yeah, that. That yeah. we're going to get to that day. This is not. Um, I don't believe that this is the end of democracy. I think it might be the end of this government. I don't know, but um, I think all the things that we value. I think that the people in this world mostly still value the same things. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I really feel like there's a right now. There's a real mismatch between the people representing us and what the people what most people value which mm-hmm. is you know people in cities you know it's uh, our system of government kind of gives us this even representation so we've got a small number of people who have different values than us but it's not it's not a majority of people yeah. at all yeah. so I don't know it, it's we're gonna I'd love I, to say everything's gonna be okay it's definitely not gonna be okay but you know the only way out is through yes, and yeah. we've gotta start thinking about how do we get through yeah yeah, I, I was like, this is semi-related, but I uh, had, I can't remember who this was. So somebody on TV talking about how progressives, by packing ourselves into cities, we're essentially on the bad end of gerrymandering. Mm. Like by packing yep. ourselves close to each other. Uh, okay, so all you hipsters. Gerrymander <laughs> against us. Grab your ukulele, head for the hills. You got to save us, right? Yeah. So, I know you're really into that banjo music. I know you really like all that old timey stuff. Yeah. Just there's Nevada's almost empty. Just go head over there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's just that idea. Just take over to red states. <laughs> oh my god. We actually talked about this. We were like calculating the number of trans people that are probably in the United States, and then the population of West Virginia, and we uh-huh. figured we could take them. You know, like we could, we could make it a trans state if yeah. we like. <laughs> It has a cool shape to it, too. It does. It's kind of pretty there. It's And they've got the Mothman, which I'm kind of into the Mothman. So. What, what, what slash who is the Mothman? I'm ignorant oh as far as this goes. I apologize. I've never been to West Virginia. Okay, so they've got... Um, I, I shouldn't have brought the Mothman into it. Anyway, <laughs> the Mothman is... Um, I guess it's a, a cryptid. Yeah, you it's call like it. A, it's crypt from cryptozoology. It's something that people see uh-huh. and report to the police, and then nobody can explain it. And it's a giant oh. 
It's a giant Mothman. It's a giant okay. man with and moth wings that was it's the uh, most supposedly in- seen in the 60s in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. And Aside from like political struggles and coal mines, it's the most interesting thing in <laughs> West Virginia, right? right like, so, moth- Mothman. Learning so. something today. But there's an amazing book about the... in This happened in the late 60s. Or mid-60s? 64? But it was national news, and there's a book that, that uh, by John Keel talking about the whole thing, and it's really amazing. Oh, neat. We love, we love wacky stuff like that, so. Yeah. There's so much out there that yeah. some of us are unaware of, so it's yeah. cool to hear. Yeah, Mothman. We we actually we were driving. Um, we were driving through through that area. We were actually driving from Chicago to DC, and, and she's like, "Oh, we're near West Virginia. Is Point Pleasant on her route?" And I'm like, "No, but it could be. Why Point Pleasant?" And then she tells me all about the Mothman, and we show up there, and they have like a, a tchotchke shop that's like a muse- Mothman museum and a statue and everything. It's like Neat. that's the only thing. It's like a Graceland for Mothman. Yeah, 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 but it's like very small. But anyway, I was, I was so you thrilled, were so excited. And then, so then we got the audiobook of the Mothman prophecies, uh-huh. so I could, so she could hear the whole thing. And then we've been scared of the dark for a little while ever oh, since sure. that. So. Is the is the Mothman a nefarious figure? Like. He's a uh, he's a harbinger of doom. Oh, so similar. They say so so uh, in in this area in the Columbus was it the Ohio River Valley I think yeah uh, and they had a bridge collapse and a bunch of people died in the bridge collapse. Oh, and supposedly Mothman was seen like a couple of days before that. The, or something well, the there. Mothman was seen like over and over for months before that happened and then that was the end of it after the bridge collapsed oh interesting so that's what the, the how the story goes so he's gonna be a there was a goat. really bad movie with Richard Gere that doesn't really cover it at might all might have to narrow it down a bit yeah <laughs> ayo there's a no it's the Mothman movie with oh, Richard Gere it's really bad does he play the Mothman I oh wish it would be so much better <laughs> oh my god lately maybe he can oh know. my god I kind of want to like get into Photoshop and start working on the Richard Gere is the Mothman, the Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he'd bring a lot of sensitivity to that role yeah like, totally just, like, kind I misunderstood of, yeah totally misunderstood exactly <laughs> He just gazes lovingly at you with his red eyes. (laughs) Oh my God! Where did? How did we get from healthcare? I brought the Mothman. It's so much better to talk about right now. Yeah, we're like none of us. We don't want to talk about any of this stuff. Everything that's happening in the the world world, right now. Sometimes it's good for a a distraction. Well, I mean, and I think that's that's. uh, I was actually telling you that before I came in. I've like had to like really curtail my media diet just to get through the day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with how much stuff's happening because. You know, I need to narrow my focus a little bit to what's happening in my community and right right where I am and, and the things that I can affect because it's too much. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's we've kind of seen the the death of all, the death of truth yep. <laughs> in our society. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, uh, that's pretty heavy. Oof, that's mm-hmm. another title for a movie. <laughs> the death of truth. The death of truth. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about it. We were listening to, uh, I think we were listening to Science Friday on the way over here, and they were talking about, had a segment about politicians talking about science and the, the techniques they use to discredit science in the Ew. way that they use their language. And I was just like, you know, yeah. But why I'll, have you done this to me, Science Friday? I just wanted to hear about bugs or something that's yeah. not political, but... Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think this is something. I believe it was around a book called "I'm Not a Scientist," 
which is a scientist uh, who wrote a book about how politicians distort science. Mm. That's what they say right before they, I'm not a scientist, but then they go ahead and yep. present a non-scientific conclusion that <sighs> serves, their serves their interests. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, puppies, kittens, yeah, uh, like yeah. panda bears. Uh, a morning dove plant like laid an egg right outside my window. A right, few days so ago. that's still going right. The reproductive yeah, uh, non-humans life of, of non-humans is still happening. <laughs> yeah, I have more like I feel I mean, like lots of humans are happening. probably reproducing right now as well. Yeah, I've, I yeah, I think we know that. That's <laughs> like it is known. <laughs> it is known. Yeah, that's so. what I think. There's the you know the baby boom. So maybe yeah. this is baby boom too. What are you gonna do? Baby Boon like Two, the trumpeting. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> gotta create one's own little army, I guess, to take right. over to te- army yeah, resistance. Fight. Yeah, the resistance army. Yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. I wonder if that is happening or if it's measurable yet. That's mm-hmm. now I want to go put my nose in my phone and try to figure that out. Yeah, I'd yeah. be curious. I, I spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to figure out things with numbers in my phone, like. Do we know that? Can we, you know, yeah. we kind of yeah. nerd out on stuff like that. So, are there any like sources that are trustworthy for that? Um, going directly to the, you know, for whatever information, going as close to the source as you can go. Yeah. So, like, instead of relying on the reporting about, you know, a report that some congressional office made. Oh yeah reading the report yeah which it's yeah. never what they said it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's always stuff in there that they're hiding but yeah 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 behind their spin yeah uh, a lot of like and th- this is like actually an interesting topic because a lot of um the uncertainty around uh, you know the the fake uncertainty around trans issues is just because they've very carefully made sure that they don't measure some of the things that would indicate what helps trans people yeah. like keeping us out of the census and stuff like that. Yeah. So we just keep going back in circles back to these ter- ter- terrible <laughs> topics. Yeah. Uh, but I feel though, at least talking about it gives it some gives, getting out of one's body instead of yeah, keeping yeah. it all inside. Yeah. Gives a little bit of relief. So yeah, a little bit of relief. And then hopefully folks listening were also in, engaging and listening and learning and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now where are we? Um, we can go wherever we want. We can go it's wherever we want. Totally open. It's yeah. It's there's no there's no map. Yeah. So we're we're um to get back to like kind of stuff that that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so one of the projects that we're uh, we're the fiscal sponsor for a project out of Portland called the Trans Assistance Project. Oh yeah. Do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were just met with them the other day, but we're um, we're just really excited about uh, what they're getting done and what they've been getting done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just the the whole, um, you know, the I feel like if if our service programs are implemented by the wrong people, they're going to have things like means tests Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. sorts of other things that are are not going to serve as well. You know, I think that what's exciting about about what they're doing to me is similar to what we're doing that 
you know, um, direct uh, service has been very local in the past. You, before you go there, for those of you who don't know what the Trans Assistance Project, Project is, is <laughs> we're an organization that will write checks to trans people for document uh, changes document right now changes, is what they're focusing uh, on. And they're also doing some healthcare stuff, I heard. Yeah, yeah. They, and, but they're yeah. right now, I think they're prioritizing jo- people that need document changes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there is a, I'm not super prepared to talk about it, but there's... <laughs> Uh, if you go on Facebook, you can find the Trans Assistance Project, and and you can find their webpage from there and uh, see what what things are. Transassistance.org. Is it Transassistance? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're cool. more prepared than I am. <laughs> uh, but uh, what I like about their approach is that it's it's instead of um, you know local, just trying to help the people immediately around you. It's like okay, well let's just use this wacky old internet thing mm-hmm. and try to help people everywhere in the country. Yeah, because. You know, when you when your direct services are local, that pretty much uh, underprivileges the rural mm-hmm. queers. And then, um, you know, we we those are some of the people that are in most need in our community as people living in rural areas. So, yes. I think, and in many ways, like uh, the reason we fis- started fiscally sponsoring them is. Trans Lifeline and the Trans Assistance Project have a very lot of similar things going, especially around how we use the internet to organize mm-hmm. and yeah. um, generally like be there for people who don't otherwise have other trans people around them. Yeah. Well, and I think we have similar values in that, like we don't need more gatekeeping, we don't need more mm-hmm. of that kind of horseshit. Like we yep. get we. You know, I feel like trans people have been the guinea pigs of so many social service agencies for so long. Yep. And it's like, you know, I I would much rather get my help from another trans person. Same here. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and these are, you know, it's it's exciting to have trans-led orgs being out there and hiring like we're, we hired trans people this year we provided you know we were able to get healthcare this year for our people who are working for us it's like that's exciting to me yeah. jobs are we got to find ways to generate our own jobs like this is what other communities are doing but yeah I'm super excited think, about that I think what we need as a community is trans people who have the ability to create jobs for other trans people and kind of like uh, you know, if you're trying to get some art done, pay a trans artist. You yes, know, if you're yeah. trying to, whatever it is that you need to do, try to try to see if you can um, help another trans person in the process, and mm-hmm. just keep, keep it mind, in the family. Yeah, keep, keep, keep our community's money within the community. I, I think guess. that's called so divesting, that have, but yeah, we need yeah. to divest. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So and and I feel like that's how, as a community, we can develop some economic power mm-hmm. because uh, that seems to be the only language these people understand. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I am tired of. Um, spending my money on things that aren't made for me, aren't for me, yeah. like spending my money at places where they only tolerate me. Like I, mm. I'd rather go, like I want to go make sure that all of everything that I, I would love it if everything I had was made by a trans person. Like yes. This. Oh yeah. Because we need jobs. Mm-hmm. We need jobs. <laughs> so I, and I, I feel like that's just, you know, the, the answer keeps being, if you look at what other social service agencies are doing, like they have jobs programs, but most of the trans people, a lot of trans people I know before they transitioned, they were perfectly, 
you know, they were contributing to society perfectly yep. well. Yeah. And it's, you know, so we've got to, it's... It's not like they lost their skills. Right, it's like right. Somebody, yeah. It's like somebody decided that they can't do that work anymore, yes. and that's bullshit. Yeah, or the environment isn't welcoming or friendly. Or, or that cis people prefer a less qualified cis candidate over yep. a more qualified trans yep. candidate, which mm-hmm. that study in D.C. showed yeah. very clearly. It's like so. similar to like white supremacy, too. Yeah, it's just yeah. like any kind mm-hmm. of like identity based on who yeah. folks will hire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, <sighs> I, Yeah. And, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, you gotta. We just got to channel that into some sort of warrior cry. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, I also haven't been to the gym lately, so I think the part of it's like a physical just manifestation. I need to, to go get smash it things. Yeah, or go smash things. That's yeah. also or play video help. games. Whatever. I'm not a big. I'm not a big video game person. That's probably my. What? I know. Do I lose a, a trans it's, card with that? I'm no. I mean, you don't have to be a video game person. I just think it's. Uh, to me, that's like somebody saying, "I don't like movies." Oh no, I love movies. I mean, well, I should I should qualify that I do love movies. My bar is very high because I get offended by so much, and I think a lot yeah. of what's made is just so I can't deal with violence. I don't I don't necessarily like action movies. If the protagonist is like a fucking idiot man most of the time, <laughs> if it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are really problematic with a lot of movies that get if made. If the protagonist has the despicable white man meme, yeah, 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 Trump, I, I guess I can. <laughs> I can kind of tolerate a lot just to distract me from reality. So. Yeah, yeah. But I I do appreciate that. Uh, I I have it's it's actually really funny. We were just talking about this. We were um, how uh, culture as it ages, some of it does not age well. Oh sure, right. Mm-hmm. We were um, we went and saw the band, the New Pornographers, last night, which mm-hmm. is one of our favorite bands. Oh yeah. But so, and they have a songwriter in the band for the longest time that I've always really liked, which is Dan Behar. But lately, when I listen to his lyrics, I'm like, this guy's really a misogynist, like really bad. Oh, no. And I like just, it just got harder and like, and like edgy for edgy's sake. And I just, yeah, it gets harder to put up with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a lot of music for, how often do male musicians use the word girl? Yeah. And it's like, are you a fucking pedophile? Like, what are you doing? And like, a lot of them use it. Like, I'm gonna get you. I, that's yeah. a generic song, but just yeah, yeah. often use the word girl and instead of woman. And even then, mm-hmm. that's like, oh, so you're making sure that we all know that you're straight. We got it. You're we got a, right, right. The, the person that you're into is a female person. Great. Awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think there's, I think there's an argument to be made that the that girl is more euphonious than woman. Oh, sure. One right. Syllable. Yeah, yeah. So, but. um yeah, I had that same thing with, uh, we were listening to early Beatles records and we we're like, oh yeah, oh well, these are like adolescent tantrums about not getting your way in a relationship. These yep. are really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh wow. At least they, they grew up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like John Lennon wrote so many things that were about him abusing the women he was with. Mm. And, yeah. He's... And it's super, like, it's super catchy music, but. Yeah. Uh, also, oh, now, that, now I know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's this thing I found on the internet um, about the band Ace of Base. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah, they're like yeah, Nazis. They're Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the happiest music. And it's like, yeah. of course, yeah, just put your white nationalism into pop songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh it's so, I mean. Uh, there was some band, I can't remember which band it was, 
But Richard Spencer declared Oh, Depeche Mode was, Yeah, it was Depeche Mode Yeah It declared that It was the all It was like the alt-right band And And they kind of like Shut him down Yeah, they said no, I'm all of our songs sorry are. I, I yeah. thought it was the band of like Coked up queers In the yeah. 80s yeah. People are people What part of that do you not get? <laughs> right, right It was actually I think it was the first concert I went to by myself Was oh, Depeche Mode cool. In the Henry J. Kaiser. Oh, nice. nice. It Excellent. was it was really cool. <laughs> Depeche Mode. Yeah. yeah, no, not not part of the alt-right. Nope. 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 <laughs> it's similar to when politicians use music, like when Reagan used Born in the USA. Oh, yeah. And Bruce was like, this is an anti-war song. What are you talking about? What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Stop it. Or uh, various other bands, I think. Oh, yeah. Part- I don't... Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's the funny thing about uh, bands is that they're... I've played in bands for years, and it's like there's a lot of posturing, like macho posturing. Uh-huh. But these are people that that you know write songs about their feelings for all the time. Yeah, not, yeah. Uh, there was God, there was a band from San Francisco that had a a song about how uh, he was pretending to be super hard, but really <laughs> this is a sensitive artist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to relate to yeah Yeah. so but i guess it's the you know it's that masculinity thing oh yeah i think about that a lot how people come across and how people perceive and it's difficult too i think having the experience of being perceived as female for a large portion of my life and then the last nine years or so on the on the flip side and I think growing up being allowed in certain ways to be fem- feminine, whatever the f- yeah, yeah. fuck that means, that's different for everyone. Right. And it's just the, uh, no, I'm not, go- it's just this idea of how men refuse, some men, I should say, refuse to let their, that, 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 that side of them show. And well, it's damaging. Yeah, there's consequences. And there's there's for- like a cultural thing about masculinity being like uh, anti feelings kind of thing, and you just suppress everything it's you like, feel. Yeah. And- I don't think anybody can really live that way. Yeah. No, nobody can live that way. We expect ridiculous things of uh, men to retain their label of masculinity. Yeah. And And who even wants that? Like, nobody wants it. Like, it's not good for anybody in the equation. Nope. No one is benefiting. (laughs) Yeah. It's just all downside, but we perpetuate it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that utopia where that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Well, we're building it. Yes, that's true. <laughs> One little, you know, n- niche at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, we can take a bit of a music break. Okay. Um, I know we were talking about a lot of different bands. We could also continue on with the anti-war uh, anthems that we've been <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Do you have any preferences uh, or requests? Ooh, anti-war anthems. Uh, there's a song by Billy Bragg, Everywhere. Do you oh. know that song? No, I it's an anti-war song. Looking forward I think. to hearing it. Very excited. I <laughs> so I posted a, a Facebook thread about anti-war songs, and people have been posting yeah, a lot. Yeah. And there was one that someone posted, which is a, a Culture Club song, which I'll probably play at the end of the show, oh, yeah. called The War Song. War, war is stupid, yes. and people are stupid. It's so true! <laughs> yeah. Like, which you're a genius! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tend to, like, overthink lyrics, where it has to be, yeah, like, yeah. metaphorical, and it's like, no, war yep. is stupid, people are stupid. <laughs> what else needs to be said? Right, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay, so we're gonna be playing uh, as requested. Billy Bragg, <laughs> not a fan. Not, I'm imagining the alt right is not a fan of Billy Bragg, of his, no. but I'm sure they'd not. love to claim him because they claim everyone. <laughs> right. This is a, a live version that we've pulled up here. So enjoy, and we'll be back in a little bit. 
racist Islamophobia is not, please, doesn't only exist on the loopy fringes down in Florida. We have it right across Europe as well. It's a real problem for, for that community and not just for the, that community because, you know, the, your, your Islamophobic bigot cannot tell the difference between a Muslim, a Hindu, a Mexican, anybody who looks a slightly, honestly, a slightly different colour. You know, we're talking about, we are talking about a, a, a return to the politics of uh, a bigotry and the very edge of fascism. I mean, fascism is an idea uh, which says that all of the problems in society are to uh, the fault of this single group of people in society. And we are very much in danger of having to be very, very careful about that, about seeing people uh, and in our minds identifying them with evil extremists who are doing terrible, terrible things around. Well, we're all prone to it. We're all capable of doing it. I was on the subway uh, in London a couple of months ago and um, quietly reading the paper with people all of a sudden an American got on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How do we know? His teeth were so white. He had the whitest teeth of anyone I've ever seen. He had to be. There's no way he was an Englishman or a Scotsman or an Irishman or a Welshman or even a European. He was definitely. And what do we all know about Americans? What do all of us know about? What makes through everybody's minds immediately? Americans always carry guns. That's their entire culture is about. There are more guns in America than there are people. They must be armed. We sat there nervously hiding behind our newspapers. Daring not to look at him. He sat there, his teeth sparkling. And when he made a move to reach inside his jacket, my bum all went like that. Momentarily, I thought, this is it, this is going to go mad. And he pulled out a great big electric toothbrush. <laughs> and polished his teeth as if to say, you English people and your bad teeth. We rule the world now. It's so bad in London now, a lot of Americans are taking to wearing a little tiny badge with the Canadian flag. But they have bad teeth as well, so that ain't gonna work. But it's that, that kind of group mentality that damns a certain kind of people. And you think to yourself, yeah, but that stuff could never happen here, you know. If you have any friends who are Japanese Americans, ask them about what happened in 1941. Slide. 
brief uh <laughs> ending that was a uh, billy bragg with everywhere thank you for that suggestion that was beautiful from what oh, i heard I, look- I, I love that song it's super sad but it makes me cry every time uh, i love sad songs <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah oh, a reason to be sad or yeah anyway <laughs> it's cathartic it, it is cathartic to have that music there yeah uh, yeah definitely i uh 
What were we talking about? We talked about it last so time. We were, we, were, uh, we were talking about Billy Bragg and, and unions and, 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 unions and hours love. and hours of songs about unions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know that's it seems like something we should be enthusiastic about. Like I actually I have to say when I first heard him singing about unions like that, oh that's a little corny and I'm like but no it's not. It's just we should feel that way about it. We've been taught to fear I mean, unions like it's it's yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they have like been slowly well maybe not some not in some places slowly. not so slowly dismantling unions across the board yeah. and uh, but it's one of the ways in which everyday people have power yes and and power over their own lives so i i definitely see the appeal of songs about unions mm-hmm. yeah it's like we need to like start right now get on the ground floor of the robot repairman's union because that's gonna be the only union <laughs> Like left. Oh yeah, <laughs> because there aren't. Going you to be you any don't more think jobs. there will be robots that repair robots? Mm. Mm. <laughs> robots repairing robots. What about who repairs the robots that repair robots? Other robots that repair robots. Wow. You're just describing Skynet now. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like what we need is basic income. We can no longer have this situation where people have to have a job okay. in order to That's even better live. than a union, it's just a check. Mm. <laughs> like, if I'm going to be honest, I would say the great majority of the jobs I've done, I would have gladly just accepted the check without actually doing the labor. Oh, sure. <laughs> Especially if the job wasn't helping anybody. Oh, yeah. I oh, like, yeah. yeah. Do I want to make your crappy signs? No, I would much rather just have my check and go home. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to serve uh, upper class people. Bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah check I don't want to do your better. bidding. Right. <laughs> yeah, I worked at an ad agency for a few years, which I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. I was younger. I was in my 20s, early 20s, and I learned a lot. It's, and, you know, I, I think that. I think everyone has done. I, I mean, you had a job at ad, ad agency. That's like that's a respectable thing in our society, right? In our society, not my, for my moral compass. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. But, but you yeah. don't. Uh, sometimes that's how the scales fall from our eyes: is that yeah. we go and and mm-hmm. and interact with some of these systems yeah. and come to understand what they're really about. Yes, like you know, yeah. we're not all uh, born enlightened. We have to figure it out. And yeah. things are changing. Things are changing really fast. I, I feel like today I'm finally realizing things are just changing. Like things are going to change forever. Mm-hmm. We're going to come out on the other side of this. And it's probably not going to be what it was going into this. And, you know, we need to fight for being one of the voices at the table for what it, what comes next. Because this, yes. this is like... This the way that we do politics in this country. This is it's jumped the shark, right? Oh like it's, yeah, it's just over. Like this is, if you produce results like this, then your system yeah. is completely broken. And I, yeah, I was actually reading something recently uh, about kind of how people are basically not okay with being overworked. Uh, go figure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not getting enough sleep, enough rest. But uh, it had to be in a in a half for article, okay, so that everybody knows that it's real and that we are pissed off with being yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with working. But yeah. uh, but it, this article was also kind of talking about how the world is changing slowly mm-hmm. and how things like 
things like more, we have more and more people who are quitting them, their jobs and trying to be self-employed or mm-hmm. you know strike off as entrepreneurs and there's an inherent risk to that but this oh, person sure. argues that the p- reason more and more people are willing to take that risk is the way we do the way we handle labor and work in our society is not sustainable yes yes and no when i was working when i was working in software i was a consultant mm-hmm. and uh i would do you remember i missed missed an important event because i would re- routinely be asked at the end of the day oh well we're just going to stay until this is done meaning till two in the morning yeah oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know uh, frequently and then and then getting laid off because there's no more work for me like mm-hmm. So, oh wow! You got that for cheap, didn't you? If you're Good job. A, if you're a tenant, because I've recently been reading a lot. I just we, Trans Lifeline just hired a bunch of people, and I've been reading a lot about the laws around labor Employment. and hiring. And if you're a 1099, uh, they can't actually set your hours. Hmm. Um, yeah, but they can say we need you to stay here until this is done. Yeah. And they can do that every night. In a very disingenuous and predictable way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be humorous if it weren't happening to me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yes, people don't want to do that. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not much of a surprise. I mean, it's... it's The world is kind of a little bit bewildering with where we're at at the moment. Um, like, we're in the West here, and there's just open land everywhere. Yeah. And but where is there for you to like be able to sleep like a poor person mm-hmm. to sleep? Yep. Like we have we have government owned land for cows. Yep. In California, but a person isn't allowed to sleep there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've been going through like we've been in the rental you know renting. I've been renting since I was you know a youngster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many fortunes I've paid in rent. Yeah. Over, course of my lifetime and so nina and i have been trying to figure out how do we get off of this you know how do we get off this merry-go-round with paying 25 percent of our income Mm -hmm. to some rich asshole more like 80 percent of our income right right whatever percentage it's supposed to be 20 it's supposed to be a third is like their their that's their guideline is you should only give us a third of your income like that's a great guideline realtor association we love it uh anyway (laughs) but but you know we're like how do we get off of this and um so we ended up buying a trailer like a RV and it's it's enough room for us to live comfortably. It's it's nice. It's looks like it was designed for grandmas, but that's cool. Uh it's very comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and so we're staying in like RV parks. We're in in staying in an RV park in you know near Sacramento somewhere. And it's other I'm realizing it's just other people who don't want to don't want to or can't rent places and are living of, in these RV parks. And there's a lot mm. of queer people, too. And there's mm. a lot of queer people who are just mm. seeing queer people mm. in these RV parks. So it's like the next rundown on housing, right? Like, you're not yeah. supposed to... And I'm not supposed to want to live there. It's supposed to say that I'm of a lower class if I live in an RV park. Mm-hmm. But I'm a white woman from the Central Valley of California, and so I get to live in an RV park, and you can't say <laughs> shit since I'm fulfilling my destiny. But, um, <laughs> anyway, so... But it's, it's you know, it's really... Uh, it, but the you know we we own the RV we bought the RV that we live in and the you know if you pay by the week it's something like two hundred dollars a week mm-hmm. if you find a place that'll let you pay by the month it's like five hundred dollars a month so yeah <laughs> yeah it's like five hundred dollars a month yeah why aren't we all doing this 
Yes, I don't know. It's because and and that's what goes classism. There's like actually, but when you think about it, like it's there's actually a taboo on living in like that. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I was I was telling somebody about where I lived, and they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm like, "I'm not sorry. I've ha- housing, and uh, I have you know a television and a microwave and place for my dogs to and if we get hang ev- out. And if I, if we get evicted, we just drive our house yeah, out of we just we drive are. the hell sure. out of there, and you can actually even. We can pull that trailer onto like a uh, Bureau of Land Management land that's owned by the federal government, and you have the ability to stay there for a week at a time for free. Oh, oh! So if you move every week, you could stay. You could not pay anybody to live. Awesome. You just have to pay to drag that heavy ass thing around. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's like it's. We became aware of it because we were traveling so much. Mm-hmm. So we were uh, when we started Trans Lifeline. We were traveling. We traveled 30,000 miles in one year. Wow. Mostly built, driving so we could be with our dogs. <laughs> yeah. At one point, we built a little teardrop trailer, and it was like just the size of... It was like... One size inch, of a queen bed. No, it was a full-size mattress. Full-size mattress. Uh, or I think might have been a double, and it had like maybe an inch on each side. Um, and, two, and a foot and a half at the foot of it yeah, for our suitcases. But, but we and our dogs traveled everywhere in that day. We went all over in that. And... It was the cheapest thing we could find to do that, but we just realized, you know, if we hadn't done that, we'd have been flying around, staying in hotel rooms, and yep. paying a dog sitter mm. yep. so that our dogs wouldn't, like, annoy our neighbors. Oh, yeah. That's just, like, super expensive. Yeah. And we saw everything. We saw the entire country. Yeah, <laughs> we, we We've been everywhere, and it was super fun. Um, but, you know, it Rhode made us... Rhode Island, Alaska, oh, wow. Hawaii... Puerto Rico are the oh, four the, places I haven't been. been. I guess, yeah, I assume Hawaii with the trailer would not make <laughs> yeah, sense unless it's it hard has a to special... drive to Hawaii. I'm working on it, but we are not there yet. Hey, anything uh, is possible. Anything is possible, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, I guess that was the start of like thinking about, well, you know, because to me, like flying everywhere and paying for hotel rooms and paying somebody to watch my dog, yeah, just seemed like. In you know, not a reasonable strategy for mm-hmm. dealing with that, but mm-hmm. that, that's definitely the way things are set up. For, yeah, so you're supposed to want to do, but that's super expensive. We camped out in this cramped little trailer <laughs> all over the place. But um, there are people are kind of dropping out right now. There are a lot of people like RV sales are off the chart right now. Because, mm-hmm. And if you drive around the Bay Area, you see RVs parked yeah. on the street all over the place. People yeah. are living in them on the <laughs> to be in the Bay Area because. Because there's no housing. Because rent is too damn high. Who is yeah. the who is the rent is too damn high guy from New York? Oh, guy from New York with the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. rent is too damn high. Yes. Yeah. He's he he's a he he's in the the rent is too damn high party. Mm-hmm. That's and a good party. He runs for office under the rent is too damn high party. Yeah, I don't understand. Can't remember his name. Yeah, I want to say Jimmy is coming to him, but he's, I don't. I mean, American hero clearly, but we uh, need to find this right now. Yeah, <laughs> I want to give him rent is too damn high. How anyone could disagree with that is just beyond me. Yeah, so we've been trying to find ways to live that that don't require us to enrich someone else yeah long term like just how do we we don't we don't pay ourselves a lot but we feel like it should be enough money to live jimmy mcmillan jimmy mcmillan thank you jimmy mcmillan yeah speaking the the truth for speaking the truth yes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so we've been um we've been going to these different rv parks that that are places where people live and um it's just it's been interesting Mm -hmm. um it's none of the things that i was told it would be like it's not full of tweakers Mm -hmm. it's not 
I actually like my neighbors better in the trailer in the trailer park than when we lived in the fancy part of San Francisco. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's not he a surprise live, at all. He used to live up in Vernal, and I feel like if my dog so much as barked, and you know, she's when she's barking, she's just talking, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when she if she would just like bark once, I would have a neighbor at my door telling me how, how you know that my dog is being too loud, mm-hmm. and. Nobody does that at an RV park. People are more nope. chill. People mm-hmm. are trying to tolerate each other. People yeah. are trying to yeah. go on. Yep. People don't feel entitled to mm-hmm. never be impacted by somebody else's existence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that happens. <laughs> uh. Yeah. We're all over the place today. Oh, that's, we are. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, yeah there's a lot going on. I, I like on. talking to the both of you. So again, thank you for coming in. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun to come into San Francisco. It's so pretty. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, like you know, was saying we used to live in Bernal and we miss it a lot. It's 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 such a nice. It's such a beautiful area. It's just I can't believe what they've done to it. It was I was here in the I was here in the late nineties. This was a fine place to live, and it was during the dot com boom. But in retrospect, it was still pretty livable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Compared to now. <laughs> yeah. But and, you know, we we were trying to we were talking. Nina and I were talking about like how do you even like how do you solve that? Um, at one point before we started Trans Lifeline, we were thinking about moving to Sweden. Ooh. Uh, because I was like, if I stay here and get old, I'm going to end up eating dog food because that's the way this country is. I need to go move to a socialist country so that I can have cable TV when I'm old. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it seems like, a, to me, it was irrational. I think it still holds up. Yeah. Rational line of, of thinking, we're going to go to Stockholm, which is really pretty. But um, we were like trying to figure out like housing in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And housing's really tight there too, but the way that housing works there it's very strange but it's the you can't own how you can't own housing generation to generation oh it goes back into a pool of housing oh. when you die oh yeah so people don't, a lot of people, you don't inherit a, a lot it. of people are essentially paying rent to the government instead of a private right huh. so the housing goes back huh. into a pool and then you can rent it out and you have to be on a waiting list and it takes years to get on there but the Rates are all kind of capped, mm. and mm. there is a pretty. Anyway, it's just another way of thinking about it. But it, it's like I think that, you know, we don't have a tendency to question things like, does it really make sense that uh, for a family to own land, cross the generations, and they can keep expanding how much land they own? Mm-hmm. <laughs> does it make sense for anyone to own land? Can land yeah, yeah, even yeah. be owned? Right, right. Yeah. Doesn't make like, it, step yeah, back yeah, a little yeah. bit. Right, right. I mean, Should we be talking about who's using it and who gets to use it? Yeah. yeah One yeah, thing yeah. I found that was interesting about the way they're doing stuff in Sweden right now is if you own a piece of land, you can't actually stop people from camping there. Mm, if it's open yeah. land, you can camp Any there. Any land, mm-hmm. yeah. You um, can just camp out. But then again, probably... 10 months out of the year camping out is a expedition let's let's be honest in Sweden it's cold cold yeah (laughs) oh that's interesting well then I'd imagine it's much more equitable if it's I mean depending on how the government acts it's still instead of like here where so much is inherited and then we see all the wealth concentrated because it's inherited I mean I'm sure they managed to I mean I think humans 
no matter what system you put up, we're going to manage to build some sort of hierarchical structure mm-hmm. of yeah. inequity. Yeah. It seems like something we like to do. We're good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, I think I think historically rich people like to stay rich and poor, make us poor. And keep yeah. us poor, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um, and there's, there's a... Um, it's considered like kind of prudent to be you're prudent if you're worried about the dollars and cents mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem prudent to me like I I don't believe I, again I, I don't know about the afterlife I, I haven't been there mm-hmm. here it's nice mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like maybe we get all, you know just get one run I don't know what's coming next so yeah I don't know if money's it. Like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I feel like this is my last. Like, I'm an old soul, and this is my last go around in a human human body. I don't, I don't. Well, whatever. It's like you know, they, they said I was female when I was born, so it's like, all right, lie number one. You know, right, what else? Right. What else are you telling me that I am? That's like not necessarily true. I, I actually, necessarily... you know, I, we. This is the topic of a conversation of being trans is like. Uh, you have to stop believing things that everybody believes are true. Yep. And then you start to realize what else is everybody else yeah. believe that's true that's complete bullshit. Exactly. And it turns out it's a lot of stuff. Yep. It's most things. <laughs> it's I mean, most there's so things. much brainwashing right, right, right. people who yeah. don't know one thing from the other. Yeah. 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 There was a, a, this is another, this is back to the Mothman kind of tangentially. Ooh. I need one of those little, I need to get, I'll have that for my phone next time so I can make the spooky noise whenever I talk about the Mothman. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> But recently there was uh, some guy on the internet had been uh, sending freedom of information requests to the CIA uh-huh. about tests that they did about mental telepathy in the 70s. Okay. Trying to get the documents because they knew that there had been tests that mm-hmm. the CIA had conducted and it was, you know, they wanted they wanted them. So the CIA released thousands of pages of documents, but amongst them was the gem of these like tests they did with Uri Geller, the the psychic. Oh yeah. But they were like basically the report was that they just confirmed that he could do everything he said he could do. Oh. But they didn't think it was uh, useful for their spying purposes. Right. But they did go on to to actually pay him to do stuff. Hmm. Like the one of the things that's in there is that they were trying to get the Iranian government to sign an arms deal. And they hired Uri Geller to like be in a hotel room, just like a few feet away, and to like trying to like will them to sign it. Oh my gosh! Psychically bombard thoughts at him or some some such. Yeah. But so like, <laughs> uh, I have so many questions. Sure. How did that arms deal end? I forget. I mean, there's been so many arms deals in this country. <laughs> yeah, I don't forget. I have, I have no I idea, but uh, I don't know if he was successful. But it's just it's. An example of something yeah. that that we're being told this doesn't exist. It's not real. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a taboo subject to even discuss. Mm-hmm. You're a fringe person if you discuss it. But I'm already a fringe person, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, yes. like can't, you don't get any more fringe than like trans professional trans activist, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm all the way on the fringe. Mm-hmm. You can't push me any further. I can think about UFOs now. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I'm, I was right about to bring that up, and I didn't. <laughs> so I'm glad you did. That's where my mind was going. It's like, yeah, there's no, I mean, humans are so, we're so conceited in terms of like, oh, we're the only life. And it's like, I hope not. Oh, it's all I really hope not. I mean, it's, there's, uh, there's like in, in the sciences, there's, there's respectability too, right? And respectability is something that we kind of use to control the behavior of people, uh, in our society. Um, I know this because this has been used against me as an activist trying to do grassroots stuff. Uh There's some people who would rather see this happen a different way. 
And you know, this is just the way that this is just the way that things go down. Isn't, isn't respectability just code for pretending pretending to be better than white people? Well, so it's not like you you lose respectability points if you if you publicly admit to having any kind of mental health diagnosis, right? Mm. It's yeah. that's a taboo. Wow, and I'm just pub- so many people. That's like yeah, it's for, like most of us. Yeah. It's 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 a yeah. large portion of the adult population of the U.S. But we're supposed to be in the closet about that too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's these yeah. it's these, these weird attitudes that yeah. um, are shaping the conversation behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Or having STIs or anything. Yeah, that or anything. The majority of the population has that somehow. Yeah, you can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're all just you know fallible human creatures. But why do we have to pretend that like respectability? Like the premise of it is that there's a class of people that are respectable mm-hmm. and there are people beneath that class that are not respectable. Mm. And so that's a respectable person. They wouldn't lie, but this person's not respectable. And so it's a way of silencing people who are on the fringe. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. you know, people that don't want trans people based to die. On, yeah. <laughs> based so. on gender and the color of their skin and how much money their parents have and how right. much mm-hmm. money they have. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Their line of work. Their line like of how work. how that's valued. Yeah. But I think it's important to, like, understand that those games are going on and then to refuse to play them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because I think if you participate in that, if you start to participate in that, you can't I'm not going to win. Uh, I, there's no gambit. There's no respectability gambit I can win mm-hmm. in trying to meet my activist goals, right? Like, sure. So. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think about that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think about that stuff just from the standpoint of if you want to... Um, if you want to further the goals of your community, of your, of, of your people, mm-hmm. you have to... F- figure out what's operating kind of like what are what things are at play Mm -hmm. and how do you short circuit those to get around the things Mm. that are in place to keep us from yes from actually making progress on these issues i was thinking back to the uri geller thing and wondering how many people are like brought in to like work with the devil or work within the system and then can like sabotage it from the inside oh yeah you know it's like powers i'm not gonna make that arms deal work yeah yeah, (laughs) that's that's what i would be thinking like i'll take your money and then i'll be sure that these forces don't go on as planned i i actually feel like you know so i am imagining that i'm this dude who's been had psychic powers my entire life and everybody's been telling me i'm a liar my whole life probably just the validation of somebody wanting to do something oh yeah you probably just did it in earnest just so yeah. that he could be validated the poor guy like you know it's like right like i don't know it's just it's it's funny like they're <laughs> The government is making such a like they that all that stuff doesn't exist. It's not true. Yeah, this all start like uh, our whole thing. Nina and I didn't ever talk about this before until we had an experience where a roommate was talking about when they were a child seeing a UFO mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a group of people in like a shopping center, mm-hmm. and there was like a bunch of children or a bunch of adults, and the kids were very worried about it, but the adults weren't acting like they weren't worried about it. But um, and she described it, and so we're like, okay, well. Let's go see if we can find a video on YouTube of something that looks like that. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. yeah. So. I think what was interesting was that day we found a video that was like, you know, one of those 15 instances of X being seen or whatever, mm-hmm. right? One of those kind of YouTube videos. And in the middle of that video, it's one that's almost exactly what she was describing. Yeah, it looked exactly like what wow. she was describing. 
at that point we we're just like pause bring her back <laughs> bring her into the room yeah. you have to see this so I don't know like I don't and I don't I'm not a conspiracy theorist I don't really care what all that stuff means I think what it means is that there are things that we're not allowed to talk about there are things that we don't mm-hmm. think about there mm-hmm. are things that if you talk about them you know it's been a taboos enforced that you must not be taken seriously so that we don't have to ever talk about what's actually happening and um actually there were some like ufo reports in the cia report that came out in the freedom of information act and i think i found it on a news site i think it was on the guardian or something i think it was the guardian it was it made news it was a big deal i just feel bad that these aliens are communicating with the government like as opposed to other folks on earth uh I, yeah, I don't think they are. I think that what the deal is, I've been thinking about, like, why would you do that? Yeah. I think it's that they can't explain it, they can't stop it, they can't control it, and they don't want anybody to know that there's stuff that they can't explain or control. Sure. I mean, if you're an alien, when you land on Earth, isn't the first thing you're supposed to say, take me to your ruler? No, you want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if they have, aliens have any common sense, and I think they do. I mean, a lot of us are anti-authoritarian, so it's right, like, right. why would they also want to get involved with the state? Like filling out paperwork, yeah. you know, what planet are you from? Mark down X, Y, and Z before we communicate. Uh, I would imagine they would kind of want to circumvent that. Yeah. Yeah. And probably communicate with babies or some kind of babies, deer or right, something. Deer. It's actually deer. Raccoons. Raccoons are their secret agents. It's not the gray area aliens. It's actually just little raccoons. Oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> they're very, you know, they've been very dexterous with their little hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. No. Raccoons. Yeah. Aliens. Mm. That was quite the digression. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been talking about a lot of things today yeah, on the show, which is good. Fun. I mean, there's so much happening in the world, and I think it's also important to remember the funny things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah. still some funny things left. Right. <laughs> hey there. So, Azalia is here. Hello. Hey. 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 How are you? Good. Awesome. We've, we've been going around talking about a lot of things today. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Little raccoons. <laughs> yeah. oh, trash pandas. Oh, we love her dog is obsessed with raccoons. She saw a raccoon out the window once, and then for like weeks, she was just like... She just like, like keeps an eye She wasn't sleeping. She, she'd have the blankets over her and her nose against the glass, like just keeping an eye out. She's like, I had no idea that there were little thief animals coming out here to Giant steal my cats. dog food. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ah. She was like, that's my trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yes. <laughs> it's the story of my life. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 deep. It's <That's> deep. Accept <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh, my oh. So how are you doing today? Pretty good. Woke up really early, made lots of coffee. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's it. I reek of coffee. We went, <laughs> we went to see the new pornographers last night, and so we just went oh. home and and crash. Normally, we would just crash because that's the normal thing to do. But we had to like, we have to fiddle about for a while before we can go to sleep. So mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I sense. was playing. I was playing with musical 
I was writing music and what were you doing? I don't remember what I was doing. Anyway, we woke up, we got out of bed, into the car and came right here. Awesome. Because um, we don't really do much before 11 a.m. So that's just the kind of... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Normally I don't either. As well. When it's not a choice. Yeah. When when it is a choice not to, I prefer not to. Sometimes I say these things and I I imagine like uh, that William F. Buckley's listening and, and his facial expressions are like... (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, he's that. just disapproving you know like <laughs> that would be like probably oh. like there would be many many things throughout the show in its history that I'm sure would make him frown <laughs> yeah 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 just just, uh, just an idea that maybe <laughs> it's probably very specific I uh, think that's something I enjoy doing it's <laughs> <laughs> how a lot of us feel a lot of the time yeah in regards to how we exist in the world and the things that we have to listen to and, t- and put up with with. Oh yes! Oh yes! So, it goes both ways. The yeah, frown goes both ways. Their their dis- their momentary discomfort is minor comparatively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. I'm always I'm curious as to like what folks who are listening, who and I recognize like friends are listening, and I'm also curious about other folks who <laughs> may not be unfamiliar with me, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what their perspective is. Who are these wacky people on the radio? Well, yeah. <laughs> Wacky or astute? <laughs> wacky yes. or astute? Talking about um, UFOs, talking UFOs. about police brutality. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Cover it's, all the bases. It yeah. seems like a good idea to talk about the things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. we have to. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, I feel similarly to, to theater. If someone has access to a stage, if mm. there's going to be an audience, there's going to be people listening, why not talk about what's actually happening? Why not be vulnerable? Like I live in reality. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, yeah. but it doesn't, it's not working out for me. No, it was really interesting. Yesterday, I went to a Giants game uh-huh. for the first time in like eight years. Uh-huh. It was really weird seeing... Like how people get, I don't even understand baseball. I just went because it was a friend's birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just interesting seeing how much people care about this. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. And luckily, though, I went with my cousin who, uh, she's in the army. And as we were walking out, she was like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, we're going to war with uh, North Korea. And oh, I was like, thank you for bringing reality back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was God. a great hot yeah. dog, but yeah. we live in America. And just so to, you know. Yeah. That's apparently, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just like, I can't. It's not clear what's going to happen, yeah. but it's it's definitely clear that that something. What's happened right now is we have somebody that's completely irresponsible and and it's scary as fuck. I mean, and it's scary as fuck. Forty five thinks that the U.S. dollar is too strong. Oh yeah, I read that. Yeah, and, like read the history of any country has a leader of the country felt that their currency was too strong. Oh my well, god. Yeah, I mean, I guess if your goal is to export, mm-hmm. you could you could make that claim if yeah. your goal was to do that, or if yeah. your goal was to destabilize your country. Yeah, yeah. I think that he is. Uh, w thought the dollar was too like W presided over the dollar going down and and thought it was like he was like that's cool. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I don't I don't oh know why, God. but it seems to be something that rich people like yeah. for some reason. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it must be advantageous in some way, or else yeah, it wouldn't keep happening the- when rich bastards are in power. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean under. to say it must be disadvantageous in some way? <laughs> right, right. right. It's, advent- it's advantageous to rich people in some way. Yeah. I don't know exactly know how that works. I can just tell from... I hope I never know. <laughs> who's doing it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. It was just nice seeing how open my cousin was, because um, she was, like, really, like, you know, being sarcastic, as I said. Well, she's in the Army Reserve. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. just kind of did it to prove it. Like, she's adorable. She does nails for a living. Uh-huh. And then she's like, but I could shoot a bazooka. And I'm like, that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. impressive. I was in the military. I was in the Army, too. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, right? It's I know. It's great. That's why I'm kind of glad I know. I'm like, well, we're shit's going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. At least I have a cousin that knows how to use guns, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, lots of trans women have served. Trans people mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. serve in the military at double the rate of the general population. So. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Come at me, bro. Yeah, come yeah. at me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I got some backup. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, I've thought about like a trans army that's not necessarily... Part, but like our own trans arm, you know, with our own. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a really church. <laughs> there's a church in Alabama that's trying to set up its yep. own private police force. Yep. And oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Frightening. Okay, so if by army you mean a bunch of trans ladies with baseball bats and a 15 passenger van, I'm, <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, I will run to van. I'll make, I'll make you. I, I myself am not familiar with machinery or yeah. weaponry. I will make you all sandwiches. Emotional support. Emotional support. Help out as I'm able. I will support you fully. Yes. I feel a lot safer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine like the Scooby Doo van. Have you seen the web page for the Degenderettes? I haven't seen the web page, no. Mm-mm. Oh, they've got, uh, they have, uh, the thing that, that made me think of it is that they have... What? A sporting goods section. It's a baseball <gasps> equipment spec- section, and it's like they have yes. trans flag baseball oh, bats. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Pride flag baseball oh, bats. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I can put that umbrella stand by the door. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up the Scooby-Doo van, and isn't it amazing how, like, all the villains in Scooby-Doo's, like, all the monsters are just humans underneath? Yep. Yeah. Isn't that so real? Ironic. Mm-hmm. It is so real. It's, like, too real. It's like, Scooby-Doo, it's like some banker assholes yeah. trying to scare people off so they yeah. can profit. It's exactly. Like, yeah, that sounds, yeah. like, sounds uh, pretty right. Sounds familiar, yeah. yeah. You don't need to be afraid of Sasquatch. He's yeah. <laughs> a nice guy. Or the Mothman. I know. <laughs> I'm terrified of the Mothman, but I also oh, kind of yeah. want to see him. So, it's like... Um, Although we were, we have a little, our two of our roommates in Chicago, we were traveling around and we're like, well, let's just go somewhere where they have seen a UFO recently and mm-hmm. go somewhere dark and stare into the sky all night. Yeah. And somehow we just never got around to it. <laughs> it's too scary. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> the Mothman, the when they unmasked him, he was uh, actually like a guy who ran Real a, estate bridge, developer. a bridge construction yeah. company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Gag gets the Mothman's. Uh, mask off and it was he was trying to scare people away from the bridge because yeah. he knew he fucked it up <laughs> it's similar to how like locksmiths I think in this country the origin of like locksmiths were people who were burglars they'd like break oh, into yeah. people's homes and mm-hmm. then how can we mm-hmm. profit 
oh, oh we'll yeah. sell locks so you have to like buy our locks and our keys to keep yourself Genius. safe yeah 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 i i recently oh. i recently got into picking locks because i have Ooh. a friend who picks locks as a way to de-stress and self-care yeah. yeah and you know she was basically like this is so mechanical and you can kind of like focus just on it right mm-hmm. so i started picking a lock and a little, few hours in uh, granted i was starting with the lock that was super easy mm-hmm. but a few hours in when i like picked it for the first time i picked a lock and i was like i can't trust locks ever again yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do not work <laughs> did not lasers work. <laughs> <laughs> that's this weird psychological thing of living in a place where we lock our doors and like lock things up and lock up possessions and mm-hmm. more often than not i feel like we end up locking ourselves out or people mm-hmm. out oh yeah oh yeah 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 from I, places yeah. I mean, I lock my doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to yeah, in cities. I, yeah, but, I mean, that's I, what's sad, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I, I mean, I know, I know I'm not likely to be murdered in my sleep, mm-hmm. but there's a part so. of me that doesn't believe that. Yeah. And that's sad. I think my dogs would keep that from happening because they're yeah. tiny and fierce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll wake everyone They'll up. They'll wake yeah. your ass up. They're Someone, the mailman's here. Her, her dog's a biter, so... My oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it must feel yeah. safe. It's interesting have. you say that, though, because uh, I'm a nanny also, and I actually felt like that weird of feelings i have the keys to the house and so when i i was leaving at the end of the day it's just interesting locking them inside the house yeah being like yeah. stay there don't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's weird and it's funny you said that like, it felt really interesting yeah. <laughs> you're just putting like, the kids away yeah i'm just putting them away and i'm like i'm gonna go outside and enjoy the enjoy the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. oh goodness gracious Sasquatch. See, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll be closing out in a in a little bit. Uh, whew, a lot. It's oh. been a rough week, I think. It yeah, has. between the bombing and then the Chechnya, like the gay yeah. concentration yeah. camp, and then the judges. It's just. Oh my God, It's I just. Know. It's so clear that things are going very, very wrong, and. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, there's nothing to do. It's like being in a car that's sliding or something. Like mm-hmm. it's, you can see that guardrail coming. There doesn't seem like to be a lot you can do except for try to be prepared and take care of the people that you're close to and take care of each other. And yeah, we got to look out for each other. We don't know what's coming, but yeah. we got to be ready to organize. Yeah, mm-hmm. and live and live. <laughs> yeah, and continue to live. Yeah, in defiance of exactly. these assholes who Fight the power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No time to sleep. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. Do what we can. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for being here again. It's yeah. It's really nice having you here. It's, it's super here. fun to come in here and talk yeah. about uh, the Mothman. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice... There's, there's so much out there in the world that we... The world's there. super interesting and yeah. mysterious. Here's a thought. Are cryptids like the Mothman unionized? The cryptid u- cryptids union. This is great. Bigfoot yeah. and the Mothman would get them in a big union. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, they're Organize just misunderstood. They're for... aliens, probably. They're just, oh. they're, who knows? I don't I think the aliens are deep down I in think the that ocean. we need to go get some beers and just talk about these. Get these, I know, just get talk these about... cryptids nailed down. Like, yeah. Figure it out. They're deep. They know. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, Damn. you know it's the Loch Ness Monster who runs the union. That's, like, I know, oh, immediately. Totally. I was like, Obviously. Loch Ness Monster is so oh, yeah. misunderstood. Yeah. It's all alone down there, just waiting for us to get our shit together. Yeah, that's going to happen real soon. <laughs> yeah, not to be a pessimist. It's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd say. Show yourself. Make yourself comfortable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working things out. <laughs> it's nice under the water. I know, it's nice down here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll end with some music. Any any more requests? We've got we've got some tracks here as well. But if there's any more anti-war songs that come to mind, oh man, you know, can always play "Fight the Power." I know. I was like, oh sure, that one. We that one. Thought maybe you guys played it already. I have played that song on this program many many times. There's, there's a few that just keep on going around and around. <laughs> never get tired. Never get old. Yes. Until one day, eventually, we won't have to oh, play yeah. it anymore. Uh, there's a Billy Bragg uh, and Wilco version of the song All You Fascists by oh, yeah. Woody Guthrie. Oh. That's I've also a played one. that one before, too. Yes. Maybe we'll play... Well, yeah, Val's not, not in yet, so we'll definitely we'll play at least one of these, yeah. these tracks. Definitely. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you to Greta and Nina and Azalia for being here. Thanks, everyone out there, for being a decent human being in a world full of undecent human beings. Thank you. <laughs> trying to be positive. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good folks doing a lot of good work, so thanks to everyone for doing that. We Yay! need you. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> All right. Well, here are, some, here are some good tunes, and have a great week, everyone. Troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.
because I'm amp. Most of my heroes don't appear in no stamp. Slip or look back, you look and find nothing but rednecks for 400 years if you check. Don't worry, be happy. Was a number one jam. Damn. Damn if I said you can slap me right, right here. Get it. Let's get this party started right. Right on. Come on. What we got to say. Yeah. Power to the people, no delay. Make everybody see. In order to fight the powers that be. Okay, talk to me about the future of Public Enemy. Future of Public Enemy. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Coming up will be Women's Magazine with Global Bell, followed by the Common Thread Collective. Stay tuned. Surprise! People all over this world. 